Well, good morning. It has been my great joy and honor to be here with you at Ashland Place for almost five months. It's hard to believe in some ways, but in other ways it's totally believable because of all the things that have happened in the last five months. I won't lie and say that some days don't feel like drinking out of a fire hose from all the things that I'm learning and all the people that I'm meeting, but I would say that for the most part, I have settled into a routine. And although, although the days of the week look different, Sundays are pretty much the same. Preparation, worship, rest. And so early on, I developed kind of a routine that I do in preparation for worship on Sundays and then after to rest. And so this is what I've done for the past five months. First thing starts on Saturday night. I set up my delay coffee maker to have coffee ready for me when I wake up on Sunday mornings. And this might seem simple, but it is great to wake up to a cup of coffee already ready for you. Wakes up your mind, wakes up your taste buds. It's really good for us all. The second thing I do while drinking my coffee is listen to worship music. I feel like it helps me get into a mindset and posture of worship even before I arrive here. And then of course we have our three worship services. We have Sunday school, fellowship, but then after worship, when we have turned off the lights and closed up the church for the afternoon, I'm usually pretty exhausted. I think Sterling's usually pretty exhausted. And so I've come up with a rest routine, which involves me going home, cozying up on the couch, and watching The Great British Baking Show. <laughs> have any of you ever seen The Great British Baking Show? I see some nods, anybody? Well, it is a gift I'm about to tell you about because you all should watch it sometime. It is a group of 12 people who get together and bake. It's exactly what the name sounds like. They gather under a big white tent, and each week they have a theme. So one week could be bread, and so all three things they make during the episode will be bread-related. It could be pastries, it could be cake, you know, anything that you can bake. But it's amazing. They all get together, and they have a certain amount of time allotted for each thing that they make during the three... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? The three things they are tasked with making throughout the episode. But the third and final thing that they make each week, the contestants create a showstopper. So let's say it's the cake week. The contestants have to make a cake that could be fit for a wedding reception. And so the contestants set out to make the most extravagant cake you could ever think of with extraordinary flavors, innovative setups, because they all want to win. So after they've made these cakes, they have to look beautiful and taste even better. They bring them forward to the judges to see who will be crowned the Great British Bake Off winner. This show has become a part of my Sunday routine because it's something I get to watch and I get to see people create amazing baked goods. It's oddly mesmerizing and comforting to watch them take simple everyday ingredients and mix them together to make something delicious and beautiful. It's a show that highlights the importance of innovation and creativity. Well, our text this morning from Isaiah reminds us that God is the ultimate creator, the one from whom all of our creativity springs forth. Many are familiar with the creation story in Genesis, where God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing and called it good. But in this text, Isaiah tells us that creation has not yet fulfilled the purpose for which it was created. Verses 17 and 18 says, 
For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. Notice that the scriptures don't say that God is going to create again out of nothing, but instead God is creating the new heavens and the new earth out of the stuff that's already here, out of what God has already created. Our God is a renewing God, a reforming God, and as we read here, is in the process of recreating Jerusalem. God chose Jerusalem to be the physical representation of the kingdom of God on earth. The holy city where God would dwell and chose the Israelites as God's chosen people. They were supposed to show others what it meant to live into the kingdom of God here on earth. And Jerusalem was at the center of all of this. So when we talk about the kingdom of Jerusalem, we're talking about humanity being a part of God's ongoing creation. The prophet Isaiah delivers this word from God about a new creation when the Israelites are in exile after the temple has been destroyed. He tells them that one day, Jerusalem will be restored to the holy city it was ordained by God to be. This new creation will be a reality with no more division, strife, suffering, sadness, or mourning. God's people will no more know weeping or cries of distress, no more premature loss of life. Homes will be built and inhabited, Vineyards will be planted and their fruits enjoyed. This is a word of hope in a dark and desperate time. But this is also a word of hope for us who are not in Jerusalem. It's a word of hope for us wherever we find ourselves. Even when it seems like all is lost around us and we're not sure what the church can really do anymore, God is calling us to be co-creators in this renewing and recreation that God is doing even now. On Wednesday of this week, we had our monthly Spark service. And I don't know if any of y'all have been to this service, but it's incredible. And it was started by Amy True, our director of children's ministry, with the idea that all are created with the divine creator spark within us. So that's where the name came from. And so each month, there's an interactive fine arts thing that they engage with the children. And so the first month, Anna McMurphy came and they created a mural of the seven days of creation. And it's actually hanging outside of the fellowship hall on a big mural that you'll for sure want to take some time to see. And then the second week, Joe Ringgold and Catherine Ashby led the children in dancing. They had ribbons and it was so fun. Everyone was dancing and just had a great time. And then this week, Don Bowden, our resident architect, taught the children how to build a church. He started by talking about the importance of a firm foundation for the church and then dramatically revealed to them their building materials. And they were underneath a big tarp and when he took off the tarp, he revealed probably about 50 huge Legos. I wish everyone here could have seen the delight. It was like Christmas morning for these children. They ran to the Legos, all claiming to be Lego experts and that they knew exactly how to build this church. Don led them in building the walls that reached up high to the heavens and made sure they interlocked correctly so it was safe and people weren't going to get hurt. And once the walls were built, he put a roof on the top and a steeple on top of that. But the final touch, 
is he gave them black and white pictures of stories from the Bible and had them color them in to make stained glass windows like we have around here today. It was a huge hit. The amazing part of watching this church unfold was not that the children magically made a church appear out of thin air. They are not magicians. No, no. But what they did do is they took what was given to them and made something new, something incredible, something that was glorifying to God. And just like the British Bake Off contestants, these children have given us an example of how to be co-creators with God. We take the ingredients, the tools, the things that we have around us, and we use them to bring life, beauty, and ultimately more of the love and joy of God wherever we find ourselves. We can live wholeheartedly, being all in, knowing that we are moving towards something bigger than ourselves. As we talked about last week, the kingdom of the resurrection changes the way we live because we know how the story won't end. We know that no matter how hard life gets here, no amount of suffering, sadness, trials, or tribulations can ever separate us from the love of God through Christ. So we know as Christians we have this hope in the resurrection. We have hope for life after death. We have hope for this new heaven and new earth that the prophet Isaiah has told us about. And just as the kingdom of resurrection changes the way we live, so does the kingdom of Jerusalem. This text is a reminder that our lives here matter. It matters how we live. It matters how we treat people. And it matters how we abide in creation, you know, not littering, like the boy said this morning. Because at all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, God is going to transform to use for this new creation. We can rejoice knowing that God has brought life forth from dust and dirt before, and that God can and will do it again. You know, hanging in my office here at the church is a beautiful stained glass window. And it's been in my family for about 20 years. On the outside are blue and shades of brown and a little yellow glass on the outside framing a clear white cross in the middle with the red United Methodist flame on the left side. And it's really beautiful. It's one of my favorite pieces of um, stained glass and definitely a favorite piece of art that we had in my house growing up. And when people come by my office, they always comment on how beautiful it is, especially in the afternoon when the light hits it just right and it reflects color across the wall. But what many people don't know is how the stained glass came to be, this particular stained glass window. It was made for my family after a tornado swept through the church that my dad was serving in Montgomery about 20 years ago. Their beloved sanctuary didn't have any windows anymore. They were busted out. And yet, in that moment of destruction and in their despair, members took time to go through and pick up shards of glass to make stained glass windows for people. It is a symbol of hope and life from destruction and a visible reminder to me every time I see it that God can use even what we think is too far gone for God's glory. Because we have this word from God about the new heavens and the new earth being created, we can see the goodness of God and the light of the resurrection in all of our days, even in unlikely situations. As we point others towards the promise of the kingdom of God, we carry with us banners of hope, of mercy, and love, 
And we can be co-creators with our God who transforms destruction into beauty. We who follow after the example of Christ are invited to participate in this rebuilding, renewing, and recreating that God is doing. We are called by these verses not just to hope for this new life, but to begin living in it now. We are called to let this new image of the heavens and the earth shape our behavior, our choices, and our priorities. This recreation is an ongoing work that is happening now, and we get to participate. This participation should spark joy within all of us, because that means we can delight in the world we are in now, knowing that how we live matters and will make a difference in our lives to come. In this new kingdom of Jerusalem, there will be gladness and rejoicing with God and each other forever and ever. This take work, it takes work to co-create with God, but it is exciting and it is wonderful that we get to be a part of this recreation. We rejoice because we are active participants with God in this great ongoing act of creation, creation that is filled with joy and delight. Let us live and move into this new creation, one sacred moment, one grace-filled moment at a time. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.